Life is all about finding a balance. For Dr. Sarah Lovinger, a practicing internist, a part-time career in medical journalism has given her balance. How does a doctor launch a career in medical journalism, and what is a day in the life like for an internist slash journalist? You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. Joining me today in the studio is Dr. Sarah Lovinger, an internist who practices for the Lake County Health Department in Illinois and who is also a medical journalist and has published over 70 articles in medical trade journals, including Internal Medicine News, Internal Medicine World Report, the ACP Observer, the ACP Hospitalist, and Surgery News. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you. It's great to be here. So how did you first get involved in medical journalism? Did you fall into it, or was it something you always wanted to do? Perhaps a little of both. I enjoyed doing a little journalism in college and a little bit in medical school. And then when my daughter was born eight years ago, I didn't immediately go back to clinical work. And I started doing writing for the internet, primarily medical information websites. How did you first even get into that? I mean, well, it was uh, eight years ago, eight, seven years ago, and it was before the dot com bust. And so it was pretty easy to start working for dot coms. And everyone was starting a new website to provide information either to doctors or patients. And I attended a conference, a CME meeting in Boston where I was living at the time. And right before the conference, I just emailed someone and said, hey, I'd like to work for your website. I met them at the conference and I started working for them. And I kind of ironically, that was September of 2000. The following year, that same exact conference would have taken place on September 15, 2001, it was obviously canceled because no one was going anywhere right. at that time. So that was how easy it was to get started writing for websites at that period of time. So you kind of fell into it. Uh, it was pretty easy for you. But let's say someone in our audience is listening and they think that they have a writer in them and they want to go about starting to write. How would they initiate the process? It's the catch-22 of publishing. It's hard to get published if you haven't gotten published. I was lucky enough to get more experience after that initial introduction into being involved with websites. And this was not journalism per se. This was um, medical editing. And a couple of years after I got started doing that, we moved back to Chicago and I was the Fishbine Fellow at JAMA, which is a uh, one-year fellowship in all aspects of medical editing and scientific publishing. And when I was at JAMA, of course, there's a big emphasis on, on understanding why a manuscript is appropriate for publication in a major journal and why it isn't. And that, that's a big focus of the fellowship. But I also had the opportunity to write news stories for the news section of JAMA, and I published five news stories. And that was really the, on, the major entree for me into medical journalism. For somebody else... First of all, you need to be able to write. And so if you had a background in college that involved some writing, or if you wanted to take a class, you know, now that you're out of medical training and you want to start writing, that would be, you need to be able to write. Maybe um, blogging would be an entree. You know, maybe contacting your local paper. You've got to start kind of, you know, we're doctors, we're highly trained, but we're not going to start at the top. 
when we branch out into new fields. So do you did you do that for a while and then go back into practicing medicine, or did you do both at the same time, and how did you kind of... Well, yeah, after I left JAMA, I continued to do medical editing, and it took me a while to figure out how to become a journalist. And at the same time, I was working part-time in different clinical settings. I've always worked in community health centers, and there are, I've always found part-time opportunities in community health centers in Boston and Chicago. My first freelance story was for a web-based magazine called The Scientist, and they routinely hire freelancers. And I had gotten in touch with the editor, and I pitched them a story idea, and they accepted it. And then after that, I was slowly able to, I wrote for Medscape after that, and then I started contacting more trade papers, and I wrote for Internal Medicine World Report, and then for Internal Medicine News, and I was able to build on a few experiences. This is the business of medicine, so I'm curious what kind of money is involved when you write an article, let's say, for uh, Internal Medicine World Report. Do they pay you by the by the line, by the article, by the page, or is it just random how they decide to pay you? It's not random, and every news outlet is different. Internal Medicine World Report pays by the word, and there's kind of a scale. You know, the higher end is a dollar or two dollars a word. Not everyone can afford to pay that. Magazines typically pay that. I, I'm perhaps not going to disclose exactly what I get paid. That's, that's fine. But, uh, How about a range? A range. Internal <laughs> Medicine News, generally I get paid by the conference. So they'll send me to a conference and I get paid $2,000 for six stories from the conference or 3000 for nine stories. Other people pay by the piece. So there, there's definitely a range. It's all negotiated up front which there's a whole side to freelance negotiations, which... That's a show in itself. It is, and it, it's probably trickier than um, getting paid by Medicaid. You know, it's complex. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell, and I'm talking today with Dr. Sarah Lovinger, who is both a practicing internist and a medical journalist. We're discussing how to get involved in, in being a medical journalist. So you get paid a nice sum of money to go to a conference for a week. I assume they pay your expenses and they pay for the fees of the conference. So you get to learn, enhance your clinical knowledge, and at the same time, get to write about it. Exactly. Do you ever get to choose what you write about or do they kind of assign topics to you? Well, different editors and different papers have different styles. If I'm going to a conference, I generally have some say in what I'm going to write about. If I come up with a story idea... I pitch it to this pool of editors that I've gotten to know over the years. And if somebody takes it, it's my idea and I go with it. Sometimes people will contact me with ideas and it's up to me to decide whether or not it's an interesting idea and I want to write about it. So there's a fair amount of freedom for the most part. How has it helped you as a practicing physician? Uh, Are you more up to date on guidelines or are you just a better listener than the average clinician? How does it play out? Well, I have read probably more journal articles in order to write stories than I might have. So in one way, it's helped me by reading current articles and um, learning in that way. And then I also have the opportunity, because I'm very interested in writing about health policy, 
to you know, see patients on an individual basis, but also think about the larger issues that confront them. And at times, I've written about it. For example, I've written a couple articles on Medicare D. Is it a good thing or, you know, sort of the pro-con of Medicare D? And then I think I did a follow-up one. So then when I see an individual patient and they are an older person who's getting their medication through Medicare D, I sort of know a little bit more about what they're facing as they're trying to get their prescriptions filled. Right. So you have a on-the-ground, real-life experience with seeing how these programs actually play out in an individual's life instead of just writing about it as some macro concept that you have nothing, no idea how it even works. You you get to see both sides of it. Exactly. What would you say to someone listening that uh, is a negative about medical journalism? Is there a dark side to the field? Sure. It can be not all that interesting to go to a conference and write nine stories. (laughs) Um, You have to like being alone. Right. You have a lot of time alone writing. At the conference, there's the camaraderie in the press room, and it can be fun to go to the press conferences. And um, there's also that um, many people that I have approached as I'm writing uh, articles are usually helpful, but some people aren't. Occasionally, someone, an important doctor that I'm trying to contact is unavailable or even unpleasant. Um, and then, of course, if you're a freelancer and you are intending to make at least uh, some of your um, earnings that way, it's, it certainly has an unpredictable nature. So financially, it, it's certainly not the most predictable. When you go to these conferences, do you, uh, do you get to wear a badge or a hat that says press? Oh, absolutely. In fact, <laughs> you, you have to because otherwise we'd have to pay for the conferences. So you can pretty much approach anyone at these conferences and say, I'm Dr. Lovinger. I write for this paper. Can you spare me a few minutes of your time? Right. Or collect email, emails or you know, phone numbers and get in touch with people at another time. So once you get your article written, let's say you come up with an idea for an article and you pitch it to the editor and he says, okay, Sarah, go with it. What do you do next? How, do you have to start doing research or you just start writing and whatever comes, comes? Uh, no, there's always research involved. Depends on how familiar I am with the topic. Do I use the internet to do my research primarily. And I would say that my research consists of uh, using search engines on the internet to learn more about a topic, general search engines. Then at times I'll use a medical search engine like PubMed to learn more about a specific treatment. And I also try to talk to a lot of people. I try to talk to experts in the field. Uh, Oftentimes, they'll refer me, even if they have a lot of knowledge about a subject, they'll say, here's what I know, and then you can contact this person for more information. So there's a chain, sort of. Sarah, are the magazines tainted at all by their advertisers? Do they tell you to do a story on a certain disease state and kind of spin it in a favorable way so that the drug who's advertising that week looks good? You know, I haven't run across that much. I I haven't. um, There's been a decent separation of editorial content and uh, pharmacy advertising. That said, it may be not as obvious, but it may still be there. What's next for you? What do you see yourself doing uh, five years from now? Still doing the same thing or uh, charge of your own media empire? I like that last idea. <laughs> it's been uh, fun and interesting and exciting to write for a medical audience. 
I've done a little bit of writing for non-medical professionals. For example, I've written for a website called healthitworld.com, and that's not strictly for doctors. But I would like to branch out a little further and write for the popular press. And I took a class in magazine writing recently, and I'd like to – I've got some story ideas pitched to the popular press, to magazines. I'd like to go in that direction. I would also like to, probably going to, just like everyone else, I have a couple ideas for blogs that I'm probably going to get started in the next year. And I've started looking at journalism schools. I may even eventually go back and get a journalism degree and see where that leads me. I will continue to practice clinically. I have a nice part-time job, and I enjoy it, and it's certainly as we've already discussed, mixes well with writing about it, actually seeing patients. Well, Sarah Lovinger, good luck to you, and thank you for coming in today. We've been discussing alternative medical careers. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, and you've been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com, and thank you for listening.